This is the AM640 Afternoon Drive Show on Talk Radio. AM640. Right now, we've got Mike Nagy on the line. He is chair of the Wellington uh, Water Watchers. They are an environmentalist group, and they're uh, they're concerned about something going on in Aberfoyle. Mike, thanks for joining me. How you doing? Great. Thanks for hosting. Hey, uh, no problem. I try and do this uh, every day, unless they yeah. tell me not to come in, and then uh, <laughs> then I won't be here. Uh, but let's talk about what exactly, let, Let's uh, for the sake of everybody listening, who exactly are the Wellington Water Watchers, and what is your goal? We're a grassroots not-for-profit organization that was founded in 2008, and uh, we're a groundwater watchdog, I guess, as a lack of a better word. We, we monitor a lot of water takings and threats to the water system, as well as we're uh, large-scale education, public education on conservation, tap water, reuse, and, and waste reduction, and a whole bunch of other things. All right, so you are not happy with what's going on in Aberfoyle right now. You're urging the Ontario government against renewing one of Nestle's water-taking permits in Aberfoyle. Uh, let's talk about uh, what's going on and why you're not happy. Well, this is uh, one of three uh, wells they own now. They just purchased one up in the Laura Centre, Wellington, um, as a third well in Wellington County, that's not permitted yet, but um, the have uh, they're withdrawing 3.6 million liters up to 3.6 million liters out of Aberfoyle per day. They also have access to 1.1 million liters out of Hillsburg, Ontario, where they truck it actually 24/7 down to the Aberfoyle packaging plant. The, the Aberfoyle permit expired July 31st under new provision. The because it was that looks like it was the government's delay the permit's been extended without any consultation and I don't know for how long and we feel this is wrong and especially now in a time of drought and uh, we have been a very se- in severe dry periods and it should not be business as usual this permit is supposed to be up for discussion and we uh, we think it should be phased out within two years anyhow a little bit of uh, background here on that contract that you're talking about. They asked for 10 years originally, and uh, apparently the people that live in the area said, no, absolutely not. We do not like this idea. It was scaled back to five. Uh, but wow. now, you know, by the time that the government goes through, you know, the contract and has to, you know, figure out if they uh, will renew it, it could take up to two years. That means that could end up being a seven-year contract. You never know how long these extensions happen. It happened to us before where it went on for a year without discussion. Uh, well, it, was, it went on for an extended year. They granted it. There was a discussion over that year. But exactly, they can keep extending it without, uh, without a lot of public input, and we don't believe that's right. And back in when they had asked for 10 years, we had lobbied heavily that it should go back to the original two-year process, and they ended up with five. Wow. But regardless, we don't think they should be getting these permits for very long anyhow. It's a sunset industry that needs to be phased out. Uh, the Ministry of Environment, you're not happy with how they, uh, their handling of the Nestle's renewal application. They're supposed to post that? Tell me a little bit about that. Well, this, they are following the letter of the law at the moment. They put a new provision last year, which allows them to extend the permit if it's a delay on their side. Um, that aside, that doesn't really give it a lot of public scrutiny. That We don't believe that the permit should be operating as business as usual. We believe it should go down to a very a much smaller uh, reduction and uh, a much larger reduction in taking and also maybe have a, a temporary 60 days or 90 day timeline on it to actually 
um, force that, and also to have some dialogue. What is going on? What What is the delay? We know that there's evidence of drawdown in the area, and so we want to hear that comment about why this is taking so long and what, what what's going on. You know, it seems steep in a time of uh, drought to be pulling a, a ton of water out of the uh, that area. We're talking about a total of 1.4 trillion litres out of Ontario's surface and groundwater supplies every day that, you know, municipalities and companies pull out. I know that there's a lot that happening uh, that now Nestle's takes a lot of uh, water out of the area that you're talking about. I don't have, is it 8.3 million litres of water every day? Well, what they take out of Wellington County right now is almost 5 million litres a day with wow. the two wells. If they were granted the third permit in uh, central Wellington, that'll give them 6.5 million litres a day. That's, that's a lot of water. We don't believe that it should any, be anywhere near that. In fact, it's such a high carbon footprint, wasteful industry. And the permit to take water process that was developed by Ontario a couple of decades ago never foresaw this use of the water. It was never intended just to take the water out of the ground, put it in a piece of plastic and ship it around the world at great profits. That was not the intent of the permit. What was the intent? The permit the process was intended to monitor how much municipalities were taking agriculture and value-added industry, basically to find out how many straws were in the glass. And when you find out that you've got too many straws in the glass and probably the, the wrong ones, you start to, it's time to start removing some of those straws. You know, Guelph is in severe drought right now, that area that you're talking about. It, it seems interesting. Is there no uh, clause in the permit that says, hey, in times of drought, you have to uh, use less water? That's a great question. As a matter of fact, there's a voluntary cutback of 10% and 20% during level one and two drought. And we're in a two, uh, right? Yeah, level one is 10% reduction. Level two is 20% reduction. And that's a voluntary thing on a particular permit. Nestle fought the, uh, legally tried to fight legally the, the mandatory restrictions that were put on their Hillsburg permit, but back down after we got involved the Environmental Review Tribunal and Ecojustice that was uh, leading the case for us, they, they withdrew because they realized it wasn't publicly popular to fight uh, conservation methods. Wow, I'm just doing a little math here. Five million liters is exactly two Olympic swimming pools per day. And, you know, this this just blows my mind that Ontario charges companies just $3.71 for every million liters of water uh, that they take out of the ground. And, you know, there's, they sell us a liter for about 99 cents or something, mm-hmm. right? And after they pay, they pay a permit fee of $750 for low. And if it's a high or medium ri- risk, you're at uh, $3,000. That doesn't seem like much money for something they're it's making not, profit on. It's not a lot of money. And matter of fact, we, you know, the province doesn't have any right, legal right to sell the people of Ontario's water. We call it the public commons for a, for a purpose. Water belongs to the citizens of Ontario, and that, those, those are, as you say, permitting fees. They're actually not selling the water, but it's, it's, it's a ridiculous fee of $3.71 to be allowing someone to withdraw 1 million litres and make tremendous profits off that. And all the fees in the world is not going to create one more drop of water. The competition for precious, clean, high-quality water is fierce, and that's why they're located mm-hmm. here. They are taking a large percentage of water in that particular area. And that is really something that everybody needs to know while imposing a tremendous amount of solid waste in a world that's literally swimming in plastic. We're talking to Mike Nagy, who's the uh, chair of the Wellington Water Watchers, and they're watching what's going on with Nestle's up in uh, Aberfoyle taking uh, water. You know, their permits, it's expired July 31st, but they're still taking it because there's a little bit of a loophole and they can get in there. It's interesting. They say that it's committed to a continued engagement with the community. This is Nestle Waters Canada. While it waits for the decision on its uh, renewal application in Aberfoyle, where it operates a water boil, 
bottling plant. Is that somewhat disingenuous? Well, uh, uh, an engagement is basically a message that they, they put out there. It's not really an engagement. It's, it's, it's a basically, you know, there is a rehearsed message that they have, um, and uh, we know that their mandate is to grow profits and to pump more and to grow the business. That's why they're seeking a third well. Also because there's the well in Aberfoyle is, is, looks like it's starting to fail. So their mandate, because they're ruled by sales in the stock market, is to sell more water and make more profits. And their profits and sales of, of packaged water around the world has ballooned in the last 10 years. Mike, what happens when the, when the well runs dry? Can well, that, that replenish? It, it, every well that could uh, run dry, every well takes a certain amount of time to replenish. How long it takes for damage to be done, it depends on the aquifer. It can take a long, long time for deep, deep aquifers to uh, recover. And the other issue is we don't know, and we're just seeing you know, the huge effects of current climate change and future climate change to come, where we're getting these long extended droughts. So the past data that we have on aquifer mapping and flows, really, that's a guideline, but it's a new game now. We all know the world is changing rapidly, and we have to be preparing for the new, for the new planet and is, what's coming. Is this and, our most important re- resource, Mike? Yes, it is. I mean, the, without water, we have nothing. We have no crops. We have no food. We have no building. We have nothing. So this is something that we take for granted in this country. We always have, that it's an endless supply. And matter of fact, mo- most Canadians live in water-starved areas. It's very difficult. And that's why in, in the area, all through the Grand River watershed, is not a water-abundant area. We've been on severe water restrictions many summers now. And it's very stressful, not just to the environment, but it's also stressful emotionally to watch things die and, and die off. We've got lots of trees dying off this year. We've had crop failures and, and the yields are going to be way down this year for sure. Mike, I need to ask you in the next 30 seconds because we, uh, we have to get out and do a little business. If the, water, if the well fails, what does that mean to the surrounding area where they've been taking that water? Well, we've heard of people that are actually in the area having to pay private dr- drills, well, well drilling companies to go further and further down. So it's already costing local residents their wells. If that well fails, they'll go looking for more. And that's exactly the situation. We're saying no more. It's time to phase it out before we do the undoable damage. Mike, I appreciate you joining me on the show, and I hope to have you back again. I think you're doing some important work, and I think we all need to hear about this, if not on a, you know, a daily basis, be reminded that you know, water is an important and uh, necessary commodity, but that we have to take care of it. And thank you for hosting me today. I really appreciate it. The AM640 Afternoon Drive Show. Listen live. Weekday afternoons from 4 till 7 on AM640. Or download the app at 640toronto.com.